0: Welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome to another Deep Dive episode. We haven't done one of these in a minute.
1: It has been a while. It has been a minute,
0: but (laughs) we're celebrating an anniversary today.
1: Yes. It's
0: always fun to do these. And today we are talking about 25 years... Of Baby Vox.
1: Yes. And we usually start our deep dives by talking a little bit about what our like personal context was for the group. Um, so, what did you already like? What was in your mind for Baby Vox before we started this? I
0: feel like everything that I knew about Baby Vox, I knew from our own episode yeah. research. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the first time I even became aware of their existence was when we did our first gen deep dive
1: mm-hmm. yeah so many years and we ago. got them
0: in the random game once and then yeah. our episodes about 2000 2001 2002 they they've been yeah. part mm-hmm. of it um, but yeah I don't think I had like much context for their like overall impact or whatever. I just like knew they were a first gen girl group.
1: Yeah. 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 And I feel like that's me too. I definitely didn't know about them before we started researching the first gen. And I feel like I, even when we did do that research, I knew so much less about them than a group like SES or Finkel, because I would say like, I think it's pretty fair to say they would have been like the third in like the top three or whatever. But in researching them and then, like, learning about how they have, like, in every single article, anything I could find, like, they are very well cemented as, like, being integral into pushing Hallyu outside of Korea. Um, And so I just think it's interesting that, like, I don't know, they they are at this point, I think, very unknown by, like, new K-pop fans or anything like that. Like, they're really not in the like people don't really talk about them anymore. Like, you know, people still do a lot of like SES Finkel covers and they still come up. And I feel like Baby Vox doesn't come up as, yeah. for, as often, which is interesting. Um, and maybe we can like posit as to why that is that they have a less long lasting impact on like newer groups today. Or at least that's the way it seems. But I always laugh whenever I hear the name Baby Vox because I think and it, this must just be because of like the V and the X and the baby. I don't know. <laughs> but I always think of baby metal. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like in my head, whenever I hear baby box, my first thought is like, hot topic schoolgirls. Right. <laughs> and I know that that's not their vibe. It never was. Right. And it never has been. <laughs> But that's my personal image that like still to this day, even after doing all this research, I hear baby box and I picture baby metal.
0: Yeah, that I totally get that. I totally get that. Um, But yeah, there's so much there's so much interesting stuff to talk about here. They were the first group to do so many things. Mm -hmm. um, And it's weird that it didn't like that. It didn't stick more because they were the first in so many different ways. Um, They also had crazy amounts of drama. People hated them so So much. much. There's just so much to talk about today. So I'm very excited to get into it. And uh, yeah, so let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So Baby Vox debuted on July 10th, 1997, 25 years ago this month. And they are under a company called DR Music. Um, this is a company. I feel like Baby Vox is their only real success mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. they've like ever had, um, because these days they manage um, ex- another extreme drama girl group that is now called Black Swan, yeah. but was called Rania and BP Rania, mm-hmm. and was supposed to be called Baby Vox when they first debuted. Like,
1: yeah, Rania was supposed to be the third generation, third of generations, Babyvox. yeah, Babyvox. yeah, yeah, like. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's it, wild. wild, wild that Rania ended up being connected and drawn into this, and then like we've talked about Rania every once in a while because they seem like to have such an insane, like hit, twisted history. So to have them be from the same company is, is interesting. It is
0: interesting. Um. So Baby Vox is the name in Korean. Baby Boksu. It's five, uh, syllables, and it means baby voices of expression mm-hmm. expression V-O-X. with no e <laughs> um and i don't know if this is purposeful but just a fun fact vox vox on like a lot of recording software is how you shorten vocals mm-hmm. so i don't know if that's purposeful but
2: it would it's fit. something
0: um and the ceo of this company originally wanted the baby part to just be on the debut album. Mm -hmm. And then the band was just going to be called Vox from then on. And then some of their early stages, they were introduced as just Vox. But then at some point, the baby Vox just the baby Vox part. Um, And I learned like similar to the HOT deep dive, a lot of this information I'm going to just say right now, a lot of this information I get from Korean fan wikis Mm -hmm. that are compiled and written by fans yeah and a lot of the information is like not sourced and it's like highly opinionated and there's also a lot of like victimhood in like all of it so like just take it all with a grain of like this Mm -hmm. is how the fans remember it
1: yeah (laughs) <laughs> and it's also I think worth noting because it can be very difficult to find reliable sources about first gen groups and like when we do deep dives for newer groups like we can find so much Like, statistics and and articles. Yeah, like, all these things that are like, oh, this one fact is corroborated by four different sources. And here it's like, I found one source that says this and another source that maybe kind of implies it, but we're just going to say, perhaps. Perhaps. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of allegedly
0: in this episode. But one of the things that the fans say is that they ask that you never shorten the group's name to Baybok. Because apparently the antis would like spam, like ta- spam tag, like porn and awful stuff, like with Baybok to try to like mm, fuck sully the, the search or results or whatever. or whatever. So like it's an anti term. Similarly to like we said, you can't say 2VXQ. Like they sure. don't like Baybok. So like, don't yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, their fan color was pearl baby pink. And they were one of very few groups at this time that had an official fan color. Like, that was still such a new thing. Mm -hmm. But they had one. Uh, Their fan club was Baby Angels, which I thought was interesting because H.O.T.'s was White Angels. Oh, yeah. And they have deep beef with each other, these two fandoms. So funny that they, like, share a name.
1: And neither of them are very angelic about it. No.
0: <laughs> um, and I found that their official fan cafe at the time, uh, the Korean title translates to Do You Know Pretty Baby Vox? So that's what they operated under. And some overall notes to get started Baby Vox is the actual first, first gen girl group. Mm-hmm. Like, not that there had never been groups of girl singers before, but in this, like, new iteration of we have k-pop now baby vox was first they were literally first yeah
1: even before ses like they debuted first girl group making this newfangled sound
0: yeah (laughs) uh and they were strangely controversial like their entire career Mm -hmm. and mostly kind of just for being girls like a lot of the things that people hated them for Were not things they actually did. They like just existed and people didn't like it.
1: And even things where like they were doing the same things that the boy groups were doing, but they just hated that girls were doing it. Mm -hmm. And it was just, you know, misogyny.
0: So they were like undisputably had the most anti fans, like maybe of any group ever. I don't know. But like (laughs) people fucking hated Baby Vox, which is so interesting to me. Um, there are also, we'll get into it when we talk about members, but there were only ever five people in Babyvox at a time, mm-hmm. but there have been nine people in Babyvox gotcha. throughout time. Um, and I learned that they were also the first group to ever do sexy anything. Mm. Um, and a lot of the stuff you'd watch it and it seemed extremely tame by yeah. today's standards, but like no one had ever like shown their belly button on TV before. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. they had like cleavage outfits and like they did body rolls and like yeah. they were,
1: and they also <laughs> started incorporating cause they always had backup dancers, but then toward the like later half when they were getting like, we're mature, sexy baby box now they were doing like partner dances. Mm-hmm. And so that was something too. That's like, well, we're not usually seeing boys and girls like touching and dancing together on yeah. stage.
0: And in the later years, they had belly button rings, which was also Ooh a la huge
1: la. problem. <laughs>
0: um, and yeah, some cool stuff. They were the first group to ever enter the Thai market. Um, as well as a bunch of other like Asian markets, uh, but they were like hailed as the true Hallyu stars because of how popular they were in Asia. And they performed in over 40 or they performed over 45 overseas shows in the early 2000s, which was a record for K-pop at the time to get to do that many shows abroad. Um, first girl group to ever hold a solo concert in Korea and the first foreign girl group to ever have a solo concert in both China and Japan. Yeah.
1: They were we're going to talk about it when we get into the timeline, but they really exploded in China, which was the first time that any foreign group had ever done that. Um so they made they made big waves.
0: Yeah, I think there's definitely like an argument to be made that the reason that Chinese journalists came up with the term Hallyu is because, because of, of Baby, Baby Box. Box.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, so they're very important. Like someone, the fun fact, even at one point, uh, in Beijing, they opened a school called the baby Vox computer school. (laughs) Like that's how popular they were, that they were naming things after them. Um, and my personal note for baby Vox, like a thing I knew from doing the 2000 deep dives is that like their hair they, I feel like they like lead the pack in like wild first gen hair
1: for girl groups. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. H O T is hard to beat um, with the wild hair. I think T V X Q puts up a real good fight, um, but they they do some interesting choices. Interesting choices. <laughs>
0: Um, And some a few little like fun facts that I found from one of these Korean wikis that I didn't really know where to put elsewhere is that their fans admittedly and proudly say that they were the third most popular Mm -hmm. girl group. And they're like not ashamed of that because the company was really small. And so they think that it was, quote, a miraculous achievement. So they're not at all pressed about being third most popular. They (laughs) think it's fine. Um, And also Baby Vox was considered a tall girl group because all of them are over five, six. And they're all like very skinny and long. And like when you watch them and you're like, oh, yeah, they do all look pretty tall. Yeah. So that was a thing about them was that they were tall. Um, And I learned that Baby Vox as a group, they all had to speak to each other in extra formal Korean. Like that was how the company decided the vibe should be, that they should all speak formally to each other so there was a lot of like anti-hatred that like baby vox lives military style and their leader bullies them or mm-hmm. whatever sure um they don't baby vox doesn't feel that way but that was like a thing at the time yeah like oh they're too strict
1: like yeah, yeah yeah
0: whatever so anyway
1: but overall, they have put out seven studio albums, one compilation album, and one Japanese EP. They won five music shows and twenty-nine other awards. And looking through the list of their awards and nominations, they never lost an award they were nominated for. Which is the first group we've done that had full green wands <laughs> one, one, on one, all one, of their on all of their awards. They won all of them. Um.
0: All right. Now's the part where we get into the members, yes. and y'all can't see this. Maybe I can share it, but I made myself one of those like <laughs> Wikipedia visualizations so that I could try to figure out how
1: mm-hmm. how this
0: worked. How this worked because all of the member changes happened in the first two years. Yeah. So everything after ninety nine, like, is the same mm-hmm. version of Baby Vox. So I decided to do this member introduction in order. Of who was in the group the longest. Okay. So that, you know. Okay. I, I don't know. That seemed like an okay way to sure. do it. So yeah. we'll start with our leader. Her stage name, as discussed in the stage name episode, is Kim Easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, her birth name is actually Kim Hwydong. Uh, But then, like, she goes by Yeeji, like, professionally now. But, like, they stylized it as easy because it's cool. And she was their leader. Main rapper, main dancer, a vocalist as well. She did everything. She was born January 31st, 1979 in Incheon, South Korea, and was a member from the beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. She was the longest, always there. Um, and I have a hard time describing girls. I feel like I have such an easier time saying what boys look like, but (laughs) I did learn all of their faces. Um, and she is like, she is the tallest of all of them. And I just feel like she has such elegant, cool, like. I don't know. She it's like when you if you watched a Baby Vox video and didn't know anything about them, I feel like you'd be like, that one is the leader. Cause she just yes. like has a presence. Yeah,
1: totally. And I think that like through there's a certain moment in the timeline where I like literally wrote down Kim is the Kim Easy is the star here. Because she is. Like she she, I think from the beginning, like has the most stage presence and is like the mo has like the most star power like of the group. And her face is just gorgeous like her face is so sharp yes and like like,
0: long and sharp mm -hmm. and just like elegant model yeah her body's banging and they always like put her in like the littlest outfits like she's not only five months older than the next member but it was like she was the older one yeah 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 always
1: yeah and like even in their debut music video like she's the one that I mean, she had kind of, she started with like sort of like a tougher, and I feel like she, cause she was one of the rappers, so she had like a tougher image or whatever, but she's the one that's like, you know, being the little boxer in her sports bra or Uh something. Um, so yeah, beautiful, beautiful woman.
0: She was cast in Baby Vox while studying dance at Kyunghee University. And she also hid her participation in Baby Box from her super strict Christian family until, like, the last possible moment. Mm, I read that wow. they, like, flew them to the U.S. to, like, record the debut album. And she, like, lied to her parents about where she was and tried to keep it a secret, like, until they were debuted and That's couldn't wild. stop her anymore. <laughs> wow. Um, but since Baby Vox, she got married in 2010 to a stockbroker and she has one child who was born in 2011 and she's done 26 OST songs by herself since her time in Baby Vox, including a song on the Goblin soundtrack and the Oh Hey Young soundtrack that were pretty popular. Um, and she did, I thought this was cool. She did a drama in 2004 that was called Beijing My Love and it featured both Korean and Chinese language and actors Mm. and was simulcast in both countries. It was like a joint effort, which is cool. Next up is Heejin, and she was the face and the vocal for Baby Vox and was born May 16th, 1979 in Seoul. And she was a member from beginning to end as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And she has like a very tiny mouth like, a very round face with, like, a little chin that she usually, like, tilted down in pictures, and she has a freckle at the tip of her nose, <laughs> but she has, like, a, she kind of looks like Jang Na like, I don't know, she just has one of those, like, widow faces. Mm-hmm. She was street cast, um, and her nickname in the group was Sparrow because she was chatty and was the one who got a lot of the screen time on variety mm. shows and
1: stuff. Bubbly personality.
0: Yes. And since Baby Vox, she's done a couple of dramas and musicals. Most recently, she was in a 2018 period drama called The Last Empress. And uh, yeah, that's Heejin. Next is Mion. She was the main vocal and the visual. She was born February 2nd, 1982 in Seoul and was a member from beginning to end.
1: Not right at the debut.
0: Not right at the oh right. But not, she
1: came she came in nineteen ninety-seven. But you're she right, did not right, 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 right. debut with them. Correct, yeah, correct. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um and she has like cute cheeks and bunny teeth. And I think she had like the best stage presence. Like mm. she was just real good at like the camera and stuff. She kind of reminds me of Tayon. She has like Tayon vibes a little bit. Mm. Super skinny. Um, and they put her in like pigtails and like cute curly yeah. hair. And if like only one person is wearing a skirt, she was wearing a skirt.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had, I thought she had kind of like, she reminded me a little bit of like nyon with the way that they like her chubby little cheeks and like the way that they always styled her like super cutesy and then her being like the main vocal or whatever. Um, yeah, she's very, very cute. Usually curly hair. And she was cast after
0: being scouted at when Baby Vox was filming their second music video. I guess she was around and someone at the company like gave her a card. And then when they lost their first member, they called her back up (laughs) and threw her in the group. Um, And her nickname was Smurf because she was chubby cheeked. (laughs) And so they thought she looked like a little Smurf. Uh, She debuted solo in 2006 and put out two albums and two EPs She hosted a radio show from 2011, and I thought it was kind of a funny little, like, oh, there's always kismet in our show. Last week when we talked about Gangnam Style, the elevator guy, No Hong Cho, she took over his radio show in 2011. I was like, look at these, all these connections. (laughs) Um, And she's done a few, like, cameo drama appearances, never, like, a full cast member and the occasional variety show Mm drop-in. Next in line is Shim Eun Jin, and she was the lead dancer, born February 6th, 1981, no birthplace, but somewhere in Korea. She joined the group in 98 and left in 2004. And I feel like she has, like, very round, kind of sleepy eyes, mm. and they put her in, like, blue contacts a lot. yeah. Um, And she often had like kind of a serious face. She reminded me a little bit of Luna. I feel like from Mm. FX, like that was the person whose face felt like hers was kind of closest closest to, but she, I feel like she has a really distinct look. Like she looks very different from the other girls. Yeah. Um, her member profile said she was the least popular member. I was like, uh, rude. Um, and before being added to Baby Vox, she was training at a different agency to be in another five member girl mm-hmm. group. And then when opportunity called, she went to this one. And since Baby Vox, she released a solo album in 2005 called Zinies. And at the same time, launched a clothing line as album promotion called Zhibago. <laughs> And uh, she held an exhibition a few years ago of her work as an artist, like photography and drawings. And she's released a coffee table art book oh, called cool. Hello Stranger. Oh, so nice. she's an artist now. And then our last, like, longest lived member of Baby Vox is the Makne Yoon Unhe. She was born October 3rd, 1984, in Kuro, South Korea. And she was in the group from 99 to 2005. And I had a really hard time trying to describe her face because I feel like she just looks like the youngest. Like Mm -hmm. she looked like the youngest one because she was the youngest by like five years. And she also at the beginning when she first joined the group did not get a lot of screen time. So I felt like I was having a hard time finding moments to be like, what does your face look like? Yeah. She wasn't, she became like a lead vocal towards the end, but when they first added her to the group. She was very extra,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, but she looks like the youngest. Like she just had a youngest face. She also kind of has bunny teeth.
1: She does sort of have bunny teeth too. And I feel like she has a very um, drama lead face. Mm -hmm. Like it's very, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know how to describe this face either. Yeah. Round and small. Yeah. (laughs) But
0: speaking of drama lead... After Baby Vox, she became a huge, like, overnight star in 2006 when she starred in a drama called Princess Hours Mm. that was incredibly popular. And so off the back of that, they cast her as the lead in Coffee Prince. Yeah, which is huge. Another, like, legendary um, drama. And then I saw that, like, in the years after, then it was, like, one of those, if you shoot, if your star rises too much then everyone hates you. Like Mm. her third drama, everyone was like, actually, she's no good. And so like there was a little lull in her career and then she got back to it. Um, I read that she won a Chinese competition show called Goddess Fashion where like celebrities did Project Runway, Mm. essentially. And a different Korean designer like snarked online that she'd stolen her design and they got in like a public spat about it. And she was most recently, like extremely recently, like a week ago, a member of a group, a project group called MSG Wannabe that they made for one of UJ Suck's Hangin' With You shows. Mm. That's like a temporary group made up of like old idols and actresses. Yeah, yeah. So she's still very around there there i saw on melon the other day this msg wannabe album was like number one is this so. the
1: msg and then isn't there like wsg or yes, is there, that yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, or oh i wrote msg there she's in she's WSG, in wsg right Cause Cause there was women women and the and there was the men yeah yeah
0: yeah a while ago okay there we go yeah so she's <laughs> still very around yeah all right next up we have jung hyun john who was an original vocalist, born December 24th, 1997. And she was only in the group for a year. And she was working as a model in Busan when she got cast and left the group for personal conflicts and was never heard from again. Like, I don't have descriptions for her and the next girl because they were like such a blip and then they were gone.
1: Yeah, very, very barely there.
0: So Jung Shi-Woon the rap original rapper born August 5th, 1978 also was cast at the same time as this girl and left at the same time as this girl for the same reason. Mm. So like, I just thought it was weird. Like they got cast at the same time and they left at the same time. And like, maybe they were in love.
1: I was literally just going to (laughs) say, maybe they were less.
0: (laughs) But they did not, they were not in the group very long at all. So I unfortunately don't have much more to say about them. Fair
1: enough. We wish them well.
0: Uh, then we had Lee Gai, who was a vocalist, born July 9th, 1968. Hold on that. Member from 98 to 99. And she was, in her time in the group, styled with pigtails, sunglasses, beanies, disguises, if you will, <laughs> for distraction purposes. Um and I feel like I'm gonna hold on the rest of Lee Kaii until we get sure. to this point in the timeline because it is so fascinating, and I want to keep it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one moment, so we'll come back to that. And then finally, the member who was in the absolute least amount of time was Cha Yumi. She was the original lead vocal, born December twenty first, nineteen ninety seven. Here in nineteen seventy seven. Sorry, nineteen seventy seven. <1977. laughs> yeah, it was. She, she was, was a- born the year they
1: baby. debuted. <laughs> That's why they're called Baby box. Because I had a baby
0: in it. She's from LA and she was only in the group for the first song. Uh, I don't have a description of her either written down. um, But I saw that she was cast because she was a relative of a composer named Shin Sung-ho. And she got injured during debut promotions and was sent home to LA and replaced uh, but since Baby Vox, she did release a little bit of SoundCloud music under the name Lola Fair mm-hmm. from 2007 to 2017. And I found her on Instagram. She's at Lola Fair on Instagram. Super LA girl vibe. She has, like, purple hair. And she was at the Twice concert at the <laughs> forum. And I was like, okay, amazing. You're just existing around me. Um, but, yeah, those are all... All past, nine present, members, members who
1: ever were <laughs> a part of Baby Vox for
0: however long they were. <laughs> and now it's timeline time where this will all start to make more sense. So, pre Baby Vox, uh, the CEO of DR, his name is Dung Leung Yoon, so the DR is from his own name, uh, he had a dream. And his dream was that he wanted to make a Korean version of the Spice Girls because at this moment, the Spice Girls were the biggest thing on earth. Mm -hmm. Um, So he just wanted to make Korean Spice Girls and started casting people to make this dream a reality. And he threw a group together in a year. So July 10th, 1997, they released their debut album. It is called Equalizer, which is spelled Crazily. I don't know if that's like a German.
1: Equalize her. Oh, equalize her. her, Because there's an H in this
0: word that shouldn't be there. That makes sense. (laughs) Parentheses, voice of expression. So there's our vox. And the debut single is called To a Man. The music video for this song features all of the members wearing khaki prison uniforms, but they're like unbuttoned Mm -hmm. so you can see their tummies. Um, Very TLC. Uh, And they're like in a tiny jail cell, and there's like some VR, like an old man in like a VR thing, and it's like they're trying to escape the prison. And there's Mm -hmm. some like brats looking cartoons, but they're not moving cartoons. It's just like a still image of them like fighting a robot.
1: I don't know what the plot of this music video is because, some yeah, sometimes they're in the jail. Sometimes there's an old man with the VR mask. Sometimes there's, like, young-looking hooligans, like, I don't know, getting into, like, a street fight in the alley or on a fire escape or something. And then, yeah, there's just these, like, cartoon flashes. And sometimes there's even, like, little, like, boings or, like, kapows (laughs) or whatever, like an old Batman show or something. But when this first started, when the music video started... (laughs) my first note is this makes me feel old. Like, is this music? <laughs> because the beginning of the song is quite terrible. Like it's really not great. And the song itself has this like really, str- I don't know if it's a sample. This we've talked about a lot whenever we have our first gen groups yeah. <laughs> where they use that, like, what is it called? Like public domain music yes. or something. And this one has this like, Old, like, haunted house, like, ooh. (laughs) "Ooh," And I don't know what that's from, but it's really goofy. And I laughed in all of the stages because one of the girls is like pretending to sing the ooze. And there's like moments where she like comes out front and is like, ah. And I'm like, that's not you. Like, we know that's not you.
0: Um, yeah, the lyrics to this one are like, it's called to a man. And it's essentially like a rant to toward a man who has wronged you. Like, I love you. I hate you. But the chorus is like, Mom, I was going to marry him. Like, you don't even get it. Oh, damn. But they also say a, they keep bringing up democracy. Mm-hmm. And that like, democracy is like, not going to fail mother. And so like, I think they were also trying to get some kind of social commentary. Yes, I I read
1: something that like they were and they were supposed to be the Korean Spice Girls, but that they were also trying to do the same kind of like social justice, hot, like speak to the youth or whatever kind of thing. Um, But people were not. People
0: hated this. Hated it. Um, They thought that the concept and the lyrics were like harsh and ugly and not befitting of women, Mm -hmm. and they also hated hearing girls rap. They were especially upset. Adhering hearing girls rap because yeah. like girls don't rap.
1: Yeah. And it's really wild to like think about the extremely negative reaction that this got because watching the stages, like it, they're doing exactly what the boys were doing exactly. at this time. Like they're even wearing their styling their is similar. Yeah. Like with the big pants and like the like very sharp, like arm choreo with a lot of knees. And there's like a whole like drill team, like section of this and like. If it had been H.O.T. singing this song, it would have been a hit. Right. But because they were girls, people were like, "No, what is this?
0: And I do have to say, like, I think it's very strange this... The CEO of DR Music, I feel like, made a lot of really strange choices. And this is definitely one of them because I kind of don't see the connection from being like, I want to make the Spice Girls and then just making girl H.O.T. Because those are not the same thing. thing. I think he eventually gets towards a more Spice Girly thing, but Mm -hmm. I just didn't see the connection there.
1: I think he maybe just thought of it as like the Spice Girls are a girl group and he didn't necessarily think about what it is that makes the Spice Girls popular (laughs) because like they were making music for girls. Right. And like, I don't think that that's what baby Vox was doing right at the beginning. Like, even though, yeah, like the girls were like the main audience for groups like HOT and stuff. Like, I don't know. It's not, it's not girl pop music the way that the Spice Girls made girl pop music. Yeah, totally.
0: So because everyone hated this so much, SBS and NBC refused to let them perform because they were like, this is not befitting of television and we will not have them. And I also read like it was just hard to get them in stages in general because there weren't girl groups and everyone was like, there's no market for this. Like, mm, yeah, we no. don't want to put
1: this on TV. And you're
0: not Lee Suman. We don't trust you. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. Small company, too. <laughs> so you don't have the like money backing you up or the reputation or whatever.
0: So they pivoted and released a second single from this album called Hair Day. I've also seen this one called
1: Haircut. Okay. <laughs>
0: Um. So the music video for this one is very clearly rushed due to the circumstances. It's basically the girls, like, dancing around, like, a carnival, low-angle, mm. green filter. Yeah. Just, like, very cheap music video stuff. And, like, some haircut things, like, some scissors going... Yeah. Or whatever.
1: But I thought it, it was theme. funny that this was what they like pivoted to after getting a negative response from their debut because the music video and the intro of this song actually still starts with the like tougher concept yeah. and sound. And then it like, wah, 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 like record scratch, like changes into this more like bubble gummy type music. Yes. It's is interesting.
0: The lyrics to the song are like comparing a breakup to a haircut and also talking about getting your haircut after you get dumped. Mm. So it's a haircut song sure. about haircuts. Um, haircuts some breakups. And the styling in the music video, they're wearing these absolutely hideous sailor tops. And you know, I usually love a sailor <laughs> theme, but these are hideous. They're like long sleeved ones and like big white pants and like plastic there's like plastic sheet tails yeah a lot of weird shit and then the stage that i put in the playlist they're wearing they're wearing hot outfits like full ski suits and boxing
1: gloves and the ski goggles yeah. and like they're dressed like h o t so yeah, I don't yeah. see how this was a pivot at all. <laughs> yeah, it's really and especially because they don't get rid of the rapping. Like they definitely still have the two girls rapping, and there is like the most ungodly squeakiness behind like in the instruments behind it, like some kind of like whatever behind that's like, oh, it's so bad. It's so yeah. it's painful.
0: This song is very, very painful because it's like the chorus itself is like flat and sharp at the same time. They're like, me and me. Like, <laughs> oh my God, stop, please. It's really painful. It's really yeah, painful.
1: It's rough. Um, it was hard to find a lot of album sale info for this, especially this first one, um, because just an FYI, the recording industry of Korea did not incorporate until 2001 and their archives only go back to 1999. But for me, the website was glitching and it wouldn't let me scroll through the 1999s. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so I don't have any album sale or charts info for this um but just trust us when we say it wasn't beloved yeah i'm gonna guess it wasn't very popular
0: so in october of 97 while they were still promoting these songs yumi got hurt and would return to the u.s after her injury so the company pulled in me who like i said got a business card at the hair cut music video and they just threw her into the group and said that she was just like a temporary fill in mm. but Yumi never came back so it was a permanent choice. And then in December is when Shiwoon and John left the group for their quote personal circumstances and they found Eunjin who was training somewhere else and Egae who had been working with the company under a different name as a solo artist previously. Mm. Um, and more on that later but now we have we still have five but we got yeah three new people that were not there at the debut <laughs> uh, so second album came out in September 15th 1998 and it was called Baby Vox 2 and the main single is Yayaya Uh, So this music video starts with the girls getting beamed out of a really early CGI UFO. And I remember in our first gen episode being like, so many of these music videos have UFOs in them. That was like the hotness at the time. And they're wearing like extremely flowy pants with these very structured tank tops that have like a panel at the bottom of them. Like it's not a peplum because it doesn't flare out, but it's like a weird stiff belt panel. (laughs) I just found them kind of odd.
1: Yeah, and they're also, like, the music video starts with them coming out of these, out of this UFO and these, like, weird white suits. And then they do this, like, like, popping intro. Mm -hmm. And then it just goes immediately into this bubble pop. But that little, like, comes back. like, And the the duality in this song (laughs) gave me a little bit of whiplash. Because, like, it's such a cutesy sound, like, so different from what they originally started with. So they're, like, really changing their style, like, trying trying fresh, I guess, new girls, <laughs> new concept, new group. Um, but it's just really weird, like, the way that it goes back and forth, I thought was really, really strange.
0: It is really strange. Um, the lyrics to this one are super simple, straightforward bubblegum. They say, "'If you want to be my love, I want to be your star.'" And the chorus is, give me a pretty hug. Hey, hey, hey. Don't make it awkward. Hey, hey, hey. Um, And yeah, the concept for this one is totally, completely different. Everyone has black hair, more skirts, more flowier, girlier stuff. And the song is soft and fun and not like tough and loud. And this was a very purposeful pivot because at this point... SES and Finkel were out and were popular doing Innocent Fairy concepts. Yeah, And so DR was like, well, shit, I got to do Innocent Fairy now. And just like changed everything for it. Um, There's a weird wave in the chorus that was called the Hello Dance and was kind of popular, I guess. And uh, the album sold over 75,000 copies in Korea. So... We don't know how the first one did, but...
1: We can assume this one was much more popular than the first.
0: Um, They did a second single from this album as well, and it is called Change. Uh, So this music video has them in... Different like red rooms or backgrounds are outside, but in every single scene they are all wearing the same outfit mm-hmm. um and like bulky jackets and like fuzzy vests yeah and, like, lined kind of like, like future winter
1: but very chunky like the one of the one of the girls is wearing this turtleneck that is so thick it looks like a neck brace <laughs> and then they have a lot of like Like, fur boas, like, stapled to their collars and their, like, sleeve edges and stuff.
0: And something notable about this music video that we'll get to in just a moment is that our most recent member, Lee Gai, really fucks up the choreography in the music video in a noticeable way. Yeah. Like... Her arms are so
1: off. Like, there's this, there's a part in the chorus where they, like, literally just, like, punch in the air. Like, they go, like, punch, 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 punch. And she's, like, punching at the wrong time and in the wrong, like, order. Order. And it's, yeah, she looks It's very
0: noticeable and very strange. Uh, But the lyrics to this one are, like, a little bit sad, like, talking about girls changing into women and feeling like shit about it like mm. the chorus is can't i be perfect like a girl in a magazine so it's like sad change puberty change Aww. stressful change um and oh i read that for this album like because he wanted to change the group's whole thing and was like oh we got to change it all up they had to study the martial art tech for three months to like try to get better at being like flowy and controlled at their choreography or something. Well, I don't think it helped. I don't think it helped.
1: Uh, but despite our reservations <laughs> about this comeback, um, like I said, it was more popular than their first. And at the end of 1998, they won the KMTV Popularity Award and the SBS Guile Dejon Rookie Award.
0: So in January 99, we have some deep drama. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit to Lee IE. Because in January 1999, the tabloid Sports Soul comes out with an article, Baby Vox member lying about her age. And K-pop stars lie about their age sometimes, a mm-hmm. year or two, here and there. But she was 10 years older than suspected and was actually 31 years old.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Dun,
0: dun, dun. So the story with Ligai is this. In the 80s, she was in a three-member girl group that was called, it translated to Three Generations. And they were kind of like girl sobangcha. Mm, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little silly, a little like trot dance, like... That was like their vibe. And they were like sort of popular, but they also had a lot of antis because one time they did a stage with Sobangcha that was a wedding concept. Oh no. Yeah, Everybody so lost nobody likes minds. that. Um, But then after that group disbanded, then she was in a little like duo, like a club dance duo with another girl called Tom Tom. that was like not very popular. So then the DR music guy felt bad for her and thought she was cool. So she released some solo albums in 1991, 92 under the name Lee Jisoo and, uh, at the time people found her like driver's license or something. And her birthday was off by a year because when she was a solo artist, she claimed to be born in 69 and not 68. But then everybody forgot about it because there was no internet and there was no record. Of this. Sure. So she just kind of like disappeared, but she was still at DR. So originally she was supposed to be a baby box, like in the first iteration of it, but she got hurt or something. So they replaced her but then when they lost two members the ceo was like let's just grab her back change her name entirely put her in glasses and pigtails and no one will notice mm-hmm. which is a wild crazy.
1: wild choice
0: so like yeah that's why she was wearing glasses and like beanies and stuff and when you look at her like she does like she doesn't look like an old woman or anything but like she he- she has the vibe that i could only describe of like you the the school we were really good and we raised all the money for the school so the teacher is gonna dress like an idol today. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it has that vibe of like a grown up putting a costume on. Mm. Like it feels really apparent when you look at her in the videos and stuff and you're like, oh my god, you are ten years older than them, aren't you? It
1: makes me think of like when we do our dances with like the teens <laughs> in class yeah. and like I'm standing next to a 14 year old or something. And like, <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's just very interesting too that like. Like, because when I first heard this scandal of like, oh, she lied about her age, like, wow, okay. But the idea that the CEO knew how old she was and like he decided, yeah, to lie it was like a Like this was not just like, oh, I'm gonna lie about my age and audition for a new company and start fresh. This was like this guy knows who Everyone I am. Everyone was in on this, and Why? it was the company's choice to perpetuate this lie so wow
0: but the whole thing was exposed by like fans who were suspicious of her from the beginning like the fans called her ajuma right when they added her to the group because they were like i don't know about you um and there was like a famous clip where like she couldn't remember how old she was supposed to be and they like were talking to soccer players and she addressed an 18 year old soccer player as Opa, and everyone was like you're older than him right yeah and it was like she didn't calculate properly and so they like dug and like tried to find like birth certificates and college addresses and then like someone saw an old performance of one of her old groups and they're like i think they look the same and like brought all the evidence to a tabloid and they like figured it out um but just so wild yeah
1: so wild 10 years yeah that is a big lie and people were mad so like mad. they they were not appreciative of this deception um, and she got kicked out immediately yeah
0: mm-hmm. so uh, to, to uh, try to rectify this in April of 99 the company had a public audition for new member of babyvox and 14 year old Yunan hey was cast and now babyvox is complete these five will be the five for the rest of mm-hmm. the time so we're done with member changes now <laughs> Um, oh, one more little, little note I had to make on the DR executive having wild ideas. Before he decided to pivot to gurlier for this uh, concept concept, he had wanted to make them a band. So the reason that Ooh, Gai was added to the group she is she's a pianist. Mm-hmm. And like the girls had been like learning instruments and he wanted to make them a band, but then like SES was popular and he was like, Fuck it, scrap the band. Like we're doing fairy idols. But also,
1: spice girls aren't a band either, dude. <laughs> Pick a lane. Pick a lane. Oh my God.
0: Whatever. So, anyway, July 22nd, 99, we now have our definitive baby vox, and they released their third and my personal favorite I think their best album. It's called Come, 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 Baby, and the single was Get Up. armband tattoos. I
1: know there's so many of them. And I like la- they like don't go all the way around, <laughs> like they just like stop halfway through.
0: Um so the lyrics to this song were written by JYP. And he caused a little bit of controversy for Baby Vox because he decided to copyright this song under his first wife's name and not his name. Weird. So when it appeared on music shows in the credits, it like had his wife's name as the composer. But then Baby Vox said in an interview, "Like JYP wrote our new song," and everyone was like, "Baby Vox are liars!" Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> People didn't like them. Um, and I also saw that Hitman Bang uh, produced two of the songs on this album as nice. well. So those guys are around but the music video for this one the main set is like I think it's a restaurant there's like yeah tables, there's like, like a chairs. bar behind them and
1: like a counter or something
0: and yeah. then they're in like a record store that's like hexagonal shaped so it gives that kind of like And sink tunnel yes P. Diddy vibe although
1: I thought it was a CVS it kind of looks like the (laughs) like hallmark aisle like the the greeting card aisle (laughs) um but this song is definitely their catchiest to date Mm. I think like it has a it has a grooviness to it that their other that their other songs didn't have
0: um but yeah they were wearing like very shiny outfits for all of this like kind of light and flowy baggy pants with like pretty baby blue uh Tank tops and stuff, and they all have the most 1999 hair, like so much, just like
1: poof, oh like my gosh, spikes out yes. of the top. The one like, who always has the curls, her pigtails are so insanely curly, and I was I had like flashbacks because I used to do that to my like I have curly hair, but when I was in middle school, I would like sleep with it in curlers mm-hmm. and then like put it in little pigtails so that I had little like Shirley Temple like pigtails or whatever, and that's what this girl looks like.
0: Um, but easy was showing quite a bit of cleavage in the stages for this, which again, created a big old
1: stink. Mm-hmm.
0: People were not used to that.
1: Yeah. But I, one. this was the first time that I wrote down, like she's the star here <laughs> because like the stages, I thought she was really carrying the stages, but they are getting much better live. I yes. will say like this, this five stronger live singers, Yeah, not yeah. the best, but they're getting, but better. they're getting better.
0: <laughs> Um, the lyrics that JYP wrote are very very simple get a get a get up get a get a get up oh get a move on me tonight yeah get a get a get up <laughs> it's <That's> like seven <laughs>
1: get ups <laughs> Um, But this got them their first music show win on Music Bank on August 8th, and it was their first single to reach number one on the Korean charts. Uh, The album sold over 200,000 copies in South Korea and won a Top Excellency Award at the 1999 Seoul Music Awards.
0: So double, almost more than double the sales of the last album. Yes. And I saw... I have just one quick moment. They got their first ever commercial off of this song, and it was for the fast food restaurant Hardee's. <laughs> 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 <Mate. laughs> And that's the only one I wrote down, but I did lose an entire hour watching every commercial they ever made for their <laughs> whole career, because I am so endlessly fascinated by, like, idol commercials. They're just very funny to me. But I had to note that they got one. They had many, many more after it, but, but this, this is was the, the only one I one. noted, because it was first. Um. Okay, drama time. Yes. So uh, September or summer of ninety nine. Rumors are just spreading online with truly no backup. There's no picture, like there's nothing no to evidence. prove this rumor. But a rumor was started that Neon, the curly pigtail member, was dating Moon Hee Jun from H.O.T.
1: Mm-hmm. I believe we talked about this in the, in the H.O.T. H-O-T, H-O-T
0: episode because it brings the crazy of the H.O.T. fans out like in full force. And I'm gonna try to. Re- I'm gonna read you a little list. But again, for fairness sake, only a few of these items were for sure corroborated with multiple news stories and definitely happened. And some of them might be fan urban legend. So just getting that out here now. Great. the group was mailed envelopes full of razor blades and like, Letters covered in blood saying, I'm going to fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. And pictures of baby Vox with like their eyes gouged out and like drew big boobs on them and just like mailing yeah. them hate. Um, A fan with specifically, I loved this detail in the article. A Pikachu shaped water gun that she had filled with vinegar, pepper, soy sauce and sand. Jesus. And the group was outside of their place waiting to get in a van to go to a college show and she sprayed them all in the face with this water gun and Unhe got corneal damage and had to like sit out promote promotions because this bitch sprayed her in the eyes jesus
1: christ
0: and that happened for sure in may of 2000 so this kept going this yeah, is yeah, like yeah. starts in summer 99 and it like does not stop Um, Some music show recordings were ruined from fans of other groups shouting curses, like throwing shit, being assholes. These are the ones that were not corroborated, but apparently they were sent dead animals in the mail or left outside of their apartment. Um, This was a story. Somebody, it was like on one article, it said that something almost happened. And then another one said that it did happen and I couldn't find any proof of it. But they said that a fan showed up at a fan sign with a razor blade in her hand and like shook Mion's hand and cut her. (sighs) But like there was was no like proof that that happened. I hope it didn't because that's terrible. Um, And people threw rocks and eggs and shit at them in public and like they were just the
1: most hated group. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then to like, they were already disliked just for being ladies and then one of these ladies is not even confirmed dating an h.o.t and ooh, now they really hate you and it was
0: so bad this is like another one of those like first firsts of baby boxes even though it's very negative in september of 99 all of these threats made the actual national nightly mm-hmm. like serious news they had yeah. to like actually talk about this because it had gotten so bad and like nobody gave a shit about idol stuff at this point Mm -hmm. ever so it was like a very big deal that this had gotten so out of hand that they felt everyone needed to know about it um yeah so very nuts very nuts yeah
1: and that all happened like in between promotion. Yeah. Like, they were still mm-hmm. doing stuff
0: constantly during this like storm yeah. of hatred.
1: And we've talked about this a little bit before with just like our first gen episodes in general, but like first gen promoted their albums and their musics differently. So like, They put out this album and they promote one single for a while and then they're going to promote another single for a while and then they're going to promote another single for a while. So like the rumors start circulating when they've only just promoted the first single. So they have to get back to promotions amidst all of this like vitriol. Yeah. Um, So that's really putting a damper on what was otherwise their most successful album to date.
0: Uh, So on September 25th, amongst all of this stuff, they released their second single from this album, and it is called Killer.
3: Uh,
0: We could not find a music video for this. I searched high and low, but I Mm -hmm. don't think it exists. Uh, But they did promote this a ton on music shows. With And the outfits were, like, I could only describe as future badass concept because <laughs> they were wearing, like, shiny materials and, like, high boots with, like, cu- like trench coats and so many buckles. Yeah. And everybody's hair was
1: crispy, crispy. Oh, all of my notes are just, like, <laughs> so shiny, so crimpy. The gel budget
0: was <laughs> through the roof. And, like, kind of iconically, like, me on during this comeback had, like, braids in put into like cat cat catier cones like very scary spice like Mm -hmm. cones
1: cones but then like whereas scary spice would have just like her reg, her natural hair being like curly around it uh mion had like the cones were made of like little braids and they had like braids wrapped around them and then hanging down and then her hair was like long and down and like braided so it looked really wild yeah Very iconic. Um, Yeah. But the song charted at number one, um, and it won a trophy on Inky Gaio and was first place on the music show Music Tank for three weeks.
0: Um, The lyrics to this one are like, the sound of your laughter is a cruel sound. Let me forget about it now. Like, I'm the killer, and I'm going to kill my memories of you because you're haunting me. Um, And there's a man rapping in English, on the song, he's not credited in any way, and the li- whatever he says is not included in the official like lyric book. And during the stages, they would just do like a dance break to it, but like I don't, I don't know where it came from or who yeah. it is or what it is. Weird. It probably was sampled from a totally different song. Yeah, honestly, um, but I think that this song slaps. <laughs> I listened to it so many times. I watched every single stage. And it's like going on my list. I have like a running list of first Jenny, like of before I found K-pop songs. That it's like if I had seen this when it came out, it would have changed the trajectory of my life completely. <laughs> and I think this song is one hundred percent one of those songs. Mm, if in nineteen, if eleven year old me had seen a killer stage, I would have been lost forever. Because I think this song is so good. I love it. I think it's great. And I would have thought they were so cool and like. I liked this comeback Fair particularly. Enough. Fair enough. Um in November of 99 they released their third uh uh song from this album and it is called Missing You. This one does have a music video, and it, like, starts with Baby Vox reading fan letters, and then they, like, get one from a sickly boy, Mm -hmm. and they visit him, and maybe he dies. Maybe he is
1: dead. It's not extremely clear. But they do show him, like in what looks like a little, I don't know, like, like Viking grave. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I was going to say, is, uh, who is it? Snow white, like coffin yes, or something. Little, like, pyre. But yeah, he's like, he's like on a slab, I guess. And he's like, like surrounded by green flowers, but then covered in a blanket of not green flowers, green leaves. And then covered in a blanket of like brown autumn leaves. And like all you can see is his face and his eyes are closed. Cause he's like, dead yeah (laughs) it's really weird and then at the end of the
0: video they're all standing in like white dresses and standing in like an inch and a half of water and they like pray for his soul wow it's like very strange yeah (laughs) it's very strange
1: but it's a pretty song
0: um and they did a couple of music show stages of this where they were just like step touching in the same like dresses or coats like
1: yeah it was just one of those little stand and sings so the end of 1999, they took home a few awards. They again won the KMTV Popularity Award. They won an SBS De June Top 10 Singers Award and the Seoul Music Awards Bonsang, which is their main event.
0: On January 5th, 2000, their fan club had their first official meeting at Jamsil Fencing Stadium and 1,500 people were in attendance. And apparently, according to the fan history, people were afraid to show up to this fan event because there were rumors that the H.O.T. fans had <laughs> created a gang and were going to jump them. Oh, my God. So everyone was like scared to attend. Wow.
1: That's so wild. They're so intense.
0: Um, I also read that on May 2nd, 2000, they performed their upcoming single that we'll get to in a second for the first time at the Korea-China Friendship Night held in Guilin, China. I don't know how to say that, but
1: I don't, I'm not sure either. Okay. Guilin.
0: But yeah, China-Korea Friendship Night. They got to debut the single early. So this is our first touch of like coming to China. May 16th, 2000. It is time for the fourth album, which is entitled Why, and the single is of the same name.
1: This is my favorite Baby Box album.
0: the music video for this one was filmed in like various caves and like old timey looking like arches and like mm-hmm. old architecture. And they're wearing like strangely structured tops and these very long, like tool skirts that are like really bright primary colors. Yeah. I remember when we talked about this into the 2000 mm-hmm. deep dive, we were like, these outfits are crazy. Yeah.
1: And there's like, some of them have like, it just, it, it's obviously supposed to be some kind of like ring or something, but it literally looks like they were doing a craft and like feathers got stuck to their hand yes. because there's just like feathers stuck to their pinkies and like sometimes they have them on the stage too and it, it just looks really silly. The stage outfits were bananas as well.
0: Uh, but something wild about this one is that Heejin has like blonde hair in the music video and has like some shiny like tinsel braids like throughout it, but it's like very blonde and KBS would not let them perform because her blonde hair was against broadcasting standards. Wow. Like it wasn't okay for people to have blonde hair. It's not natural or whatever. So they couldn't perform on KBS because of her blonde hair.
1: Interesting. That's really interesting. What a time. And I also wonder if how strictly KBS stuck to that because I know that the boy groups also dyed their hair. So... Were they also banning like HOT and oh, yeah, Moonjin's
0: weird hair? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I don't Moon Moon Hee Moon Hee
1: Jun's hair. Uh, like I don't know.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I thought that was wild. Um, the lyrics to this one are like, "Why can't I see the love in your smile? Why do you want to run away from me? I felt the love, but then it was over. Why didn't I know it then? Why, <laughs> why? They say
1: why, why? So many they say times. it a lot. They do." Um, this was a popular album. It sold over 150,000 copies.
0: Um, and as we sort of mentioned, the stage costumes for this one were pretty varied and pretty wild. And like you said, sometimes they had feathers on their fingers or like whole scarves that were tied to their mm-hmm. skirts. Like there
1: was a, you know, there's a lot of dramatic hand movements in this choreography. So they had a lot of things to like draw attention to the hand.
0: Yeah. And the other weir- weirdest part is then like, most of the stages, Easy was wearing, like, what I could only describe as, like, 90s fashion bridal headpieces. Yeah.
1: They looked like things that, like... Old school Barbies would have had yes. as like a, this is my wedding hat. And it's yes. just like a little, like, weird fasciner- fascinator with like a enormous poof of tool on it. And it looks banana. They're very crazy. Yeah. Very crazy. I also wrote down that the tinsel hair that I think it was me on who had the tinsel hair was like the chonkiest tinsel hair I'd ever <laughs> seen. Like, when we went to the Twice concert and Jiho had like, one like single strands like interspersed through her hair that probably took literally hours to put in and then you have this girl who has like full chonky braids like just straight up pigtails of tinsel Uh clipped into her head (laughs) it's wild so to continue this album promotion in July they
0: started promoting a second single called Betrayal Um, so this music video like starts to get into like a more standard, like getting into like a second Jenny K-pop thing. And that it's like a super box video with like lots of mirrored Mm -hmm. backgrounds and stuff. Um, and they're wearing silver crop tops and baggy pants and the, Makne in this one has the craziest hair. Like I don't think you can call them actual braids because I don't think there's even any hair. It no. like looks like it's pom 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 gar like garland rope. Yeah, it's just like tied all over her head. Yeah,
1: there's like just straight. <sighs> like it looks like she got her head stuck in like a fishing net because uh-huh. there is just like shit in it like all <laughs> like tangled in and it just doesn't it's all even different look- colors yeah. and it just doesn't look natural and it looks weird <laughs> it just looks weird
0: um the lyrics to this one are i'm forgetting everything about you so don't look back at me with regret and the backing track is so similar, if not the exact same backup yeah. track backing track as NSync's Bye Bye Bye. You can
1: sing it over it. It's the same. But I love it. Yes. Um I really liked this song. As soon as it started, I was like, ooh, a little bye 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 action. Like I'm always into that. Um so yeah, I liked this song. I like this album.
0: I read that during the August music bank of this song, Shinwa's fans were acting up so much in the crowd that they got banned from like the next two recordings. Like Xinhua's fans weren't allowed to come because wow. they like were acting so shitty cool. during the baby Vox stuff. And I don't know why they decided to get involved. Like I don't yeah, know, you don't had anything have any skin in this game. This. I don't know.
1: Just stay away from all the boys, I guess. <laughs> I <think laughs> if so. HOT can fall Shinwa's next. Yeah.
0: Um, here's another crazy story that I could not find a single source to back up, but it is crazy if it's true. Uh, in summer of 2000, baby Vox went to Saipan to film some like content and go scuba diving. And then suddenly a typhoon hit and they had to be like rescued from the ocean from like a typhoon. But again, I could not find anything to back that up other than a single line in a fan (laughs) wiki. And I was like, that seems like something someone would have written about, but crazy
1: if true. That is crazy. Um, also, along the lines of like difficult to corro- corroborate throughout their career. But I believe that the success of this fourth album is what led to the growing international promotions for Baby Vox. They start traveling to China, Japan, and other Southeast Asian countries in promotion of this new album.
0: Yeah, I saw in October of 2000, they performed at the World Beer Festival (laughs) in Qingdao, China, and the Bee Gees were there, too. Wow. Like, they were on the same lineup as the Bee Gees, which I thought was hilarious.
1: Also, in October of 2000, on the 22nd, um, they did their first Japanese activities. They held a 300-person fan sign and a 700-person concert.
0: Which is, yeah, they're doing it. They're traveling. They're getting out there. So on November third of two thousand, they released the third and final single from Why, and the song is called uh, "Permission." We'll translate it to "Permission." The music video for this one's really simple. The girls are either in black or white, like long sleeve shirts, and they appear to be standing in a barn, some indoor, something outdoor indoor space. outdoor, and they're just s- staring sadly into the distance. Yeah, I'm singing, so looking
1: beautiful. And this song is—it has like a very grand, like sweeping intro, but the ballad itself is just kind of groovy and like swaying, um, and it's really pleasant. They and sound nice on it.
0: I found that they only, like, when they did perform this, they just like stood still at mic stands. But every single performance of it, they only do a verse and a chorus, and then it like goes into why or like the Mm -hmm. song that people are there for. Like, they never like do the the whole whole thing.
1: thing. Yeah. Um, At the end of this year, 2000, they took home the Korea Entertainment and Arts Award for Next Generation Group. Uh, They took home the SBS Producers Award at the SBS Gaio and the Popularity Award at the Seoul Music Awards.
0: There you go. So then in June of 2001, it's time for the fifth album. And this one is called Boyish Story because we're changing the concept a little bit for a little vibes and the single is called Game Over <laughs> So this one to go along with the album title of boyish story they wanted to do like a kind of masculinity concept unjin caught all of her hair off Mm -hmm. which was like a really big deal like she has super super short hair um and we discussed this in the 2001 deep dive because this music video has a lot of Bad boys being yeah. bad. They're smoking cigarettes. They're actually they have guns,
1: smoking, and one of them has terrible braids slash dreadlocks that, and that he needs like to be shit. gotten rid of immediately. <laughs> um, but the girls also are wearing like this is a more like mature baby box that mm-hmm. we're getting. Like the they're wearing um, like in the shots where they're like leaning sexy in the limo, they're like wearing kind of suits, like yeah. very well tailored, like structured like nice lady suits. Um, And they're just like, you know, game over, dude. We're done.
0: Yeah, because the lyrics are, I'm going to leave you now. I don't even feel anything for you anymore. It was a passing love, and it isn't enough for me. Please don't be shaken up. I'm sorry, too. But my tears only flow for the new love that awaits me.
1: (laughs) Um, And this choreo has the first like instance of partner dancing that I saw of Mm -hmm. flipping through their discography. There's like a couple different moments in it, but I feel like the part that's scandalous a little bit is that there's a whole point where they're like, they're like dancing with the boys and then the boys turn them around so that the girls our feet have their backs to them and then they like drop and do this whole like body roll mm-hmm. up butt first into the guy's like front so they're basically just like rolling their butt on the guy's crotch it's wild i was like i'm surprised they didn't get in trouble for this because yeah. they didn't have to change that choreo no, they do on, it the, on, on the, the shows yeah i was shocked i was like blonde hair no but butt rolling yes yeah. okay um, so this
0: album was interesting because it was 16 tracks, which was like the most they'd ever done so far. But also it was a big deal because every member has at least one writing credit on this album. Easy wrote the song Please and the lyrics for Game Over. Meon wrote a song called Last Gift. Unhei wrote the lyrics for To Angel, which is like the only like, a, fa- a fan song that's an official mm. fan song, um, and Heejin wrote the one, and Unjin wrote the lyrics for the intro track. So everyone got to participate in this album, which is cool. But the sales dropped to ninety thousand for this one.
1: Yeah, which is a pretty big drop because they'd sold over one hundred fifty in the last one. So not quite as popular as before.
0: But the second single released in August of two thousand one is called Doll. <laughs> So the music video for this one has like a music box slash paparazzi allegory. Mm -hmm. Like it's like try, I think it's trying to draw the comparison that like being an idol is like being a doll in a box and people look at you or whatever. There's also a sexy like flower petal bathtub, like they're all like in a bathtub, like full of flowers or whatever, (laughs) but I found the styling for this one kind of confusing because Unhei and Neon look like dolls with yeah. pigtails and skirts and like little ballerina stuff but the other 3 are still doing the like cool tough masculine lady suit thing from the first single and so when they're all on stage together i feel like it's kind of a confusing
1: Yeah, it's a little odd, but they do, and they do always start with the, like, they start, like, frozen, like, little dolls, and then they kind of do, like, a doll, like, waking up robot dance, because the song starts with, like, a music box intro or whatever, and then they, like, come to life. Um, So it is a little odd to, like, see them not really matching in what they're wearing while they're being these little dolls Um, because they like don't look like they come like a set Mm -hmm. Um, but there's more partner dancing in this one which is fun Um, that was kind of like the concept of their choreo for this album I guess I think this song is like very very
0: weird and I just have to point out there's this part in the middle that is so inexplicable to me (laughs) It just hits the ear weird. I it don't hits like the it. ear
1: weird. The like feel flat in a yeah. way that like shouldn't be possible. And I thought I thought this whole song was very odd. Like the I, I don't know. Something about it is very like suspenseful mm. or like yeah. mysterious. Yes, like yes, I yes. don't know. There's a weird element to this the, to this song that I couldn't put my finger on, but like sat weirdly in my brain.
0: Yeah. But despite us thinking it was weird, this song was more popular than Game Over. Shocking. Um, and crazy fact, or it's not that crazy, but I found out that they were originally supposed to perform a song called "Close" as the second single. But the fans got wind of this and thought that the song was too sexual and cringy, and they did not want oh. Baby Vox to perform it. They like knew that people they just like didn't want it. They were like, "Please like don't." Like Baby
1: Vox fans, yes. were like, "No, please don't, don't do close." Yeah. yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and the song itself has like extremely. To become one, Spice Girls lyrics, but like there's a heavy breathing. Here's a sample. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad song I think it's like a good song but like I totally get where they were coming from of like please don't make them perform this we'll never hear the end of it
1: yeah I mean especially when they have already come under such intense fire like for other wildly innocuous things like yeah let's just not add any fuel to the fire here
0: yeah so they listened to the fans they did not too close they did dull instead uh but the third single from this album was released in September and it is called may you be my love one doesn't have a music video, but they stood at mics and did like, you know, little wiggles and arms yeah. like to go out. Yeah, just
1: a nice little step touch R&B ballad. It's very pleasant.
0: And I couldn't I don't know what the reason would be, but They performed this song like way more in 2002, like Mm. looking at the dates of the stages. I think it's because we'll talk about it in a second, but their 2002 album was a compilation album. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if they were just like, hey, let's keep doing that one or something. But Mm. the majority of the performances came like way later.
1: Weird. Weird. So at the end of 2001, they won just a couple of awards. They got a KBS Music Award Singer of the Year, the ITV Music Awards Youth Popularity Award, and they were also awarded Best Dresser in the Singer category hosted by Model Line Co. Limited, which I guess was like a clothing company. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, so next up in
0: April of 2002 they released their first compilation album it's called Special Album and the single the only new song on it I believe or one of there's two the, two okay on one was called Coincidence Coincidence <laughs> So the music video for this one has a lot of like focus switching because it has a, the song itself has kind of almost like an answer and call and response yeah. piece. So it'd be like one member's in the foreground and one's in the back and they just like switch the focus mm. between them. And there's like a, bu- a clear bubble chair <laughs> and like a car driving in the rain. Yeah. Lots of scarves, scarves on heads, scarves on belts, mm-hmm. just a lot of scarves and like them just like looking very like. I don't know, serious, like delivering the song yes. like really intensely. Very <laughs>
1: seriously. And we talked about this song in one of our like 2000, I think maybe in 2002 the 2002 episode. 2002 yeah. yeah. Um Yeah. Because I, as soon as this song started playing, I was like, oh, I fucking remember this one. Because um, it's like a weird Latin pop song. Yeah. And they have little like, ooh. <laughs> in it um and it's it's strange like it has very like i was saying when we were listening to it like it's very trotty um mm-hmm. like in some of the choruses and like the pre-chorus so, like the something about like the way that they kind of like whine mm-hmm. the lyrics like sounds like a trot yeah, song yeah, yeah. um and it's just like such an earworm like this it, i don't it's not my favorite baby vox song but it's like one of the ones that, that I, I think of stuck yeah. In. yeah it's it's a very like I don't know. I don't want to call it iconic because I don't love it, but <laughs> <laughs> one of those ones that you remember.
0: <laughs> uh, so this song is about running into your ex at the movies while you're both on dates with other people, but you, like, aren't happy for them because, like, it's still painful. Yeah. It's the original song, because this is a remake of a Cola song from 1996, and the Cola version was called Gloomy Coincidence. Mm. So they changed it to just Coincidence. But it's otherwise, like I think we discussed in the 2002 episode, it's not that different from the original. Like, yeah, it's they very similar.
1: It this single reached number one on the charts, which was the first time since Get Up uh, that Baby Vox had a number one. Uh, the album sold over 240,000 copies and is to this day still their best selling album. Um, it was also used this song, uh, coincidence was used to promote the 2002 world cup and they released a special world cup themed music video for it. And it was like all over Korea that summer. Um, and it is their first and only compilation album. It's a four disc album with songs and videos from their previous releases, plus two new tracks, uh, this one coincidence and one that we're about to talk about.
0: Uh, So, in June, they did a second single, and it is called Go.
3: I
1: like this one. I love this one. This one is so good, and, like, there's no music video, like we said, but the... um, stages that I saw I was like oh we're getting some really solid belting here like this is yeah. a song we could not have released at the beginning of our career and like look at you you're nailing it
0: um the performance of this we put in the playlist I really liked the outfits they're just wearing like regular mall girl tops that are like yellow and then everyone has either pants or a skirt made out of the same like floral material yeah. and I just was like oh I like this I
1: love it when groups wear Different outfits made out of the same fabric, fabric, like little von (laughs) traps. Yes. (laughs) I just love it. I love it. Uh, So on August 15th in 2002, they held their live concert in Seoul. And it's funny. I didn't realize this. I didn't write it down initially, um, but I... Made the connection. When we were talking about the members. Um, this concert was held at an auditorium of. Wait, now I have to scroll up in order to find the name. Um, who was it that went to college? Easy went to Kyunghee University. That was the school. Oh, oh, they did it. Was, it, oh, it cool. They did it at her school. Yeah, so they did it at the auditorium of the Kyunghee University, um, which is cool because Easy is an alum from there. Um, so they, uh, now I have to scroll all the way back down in order to find where we were. Okay. So they have their first live concert and I believe that where they... I don't want to say that they were, but were they the first girl group to have their own solo that show? That was
0: what I was told, was That's that they what were I was the first too. girl group to have their own first, like, their own their solo Their own standalone concert.
1: concert. Like, it was just, they're not just perf- one of many performers, like, it's their show. But then I tried, like, because I had seen that written multiple times, and I couldn't find any real information Mm. or research about the concert itself or about it being a milestone in that way. So I really don't know. The only
0: other thing I saw about the concert other than what we have written here was that this concert was like supposed to be like a kind of apology to fans because they'd been in China so much Mm. and they like hadn't been doing things at home. So this concert was supposed to be like, okay, we're doing a concert in Seoul. Like, yeah, we're back. We're back. (laughs) Um, but the, I think the most interesting thing about this concert is that they did a stage of Lady Marmalade, you know, a, a big song at the moment, where they are, like, pretty undressed...
1: In an arguably very silly way. Absolutely ridiculous costumes. Like, they are not sexy. One of them actually looks good. The one that's in the little pink number. (laughs) She looks cute. But But it's like a bikini. Yeah. She's not wearing wearing clothes. clothes. And then I think it's easy is wearing the most absurd. Like, when you first look at her, she looks like she's just wearing, like, black underwear. But then when she finally got into the light, she's wearing, like, black underwear underneath these like sheer, sheer nude, nude, nude bell, bell bottoms? bottoms
0: like oh it's bad people on love island wear those a lot with like thongs under them like completely see-through bell bottoms are like a gen z thing i wow so they were ahead of well, their time i think. I mean
1: all this 2002 shit is in now so
0: uh the maknae was not allowed to participate because of this but here's here's a, a sampling Um, but it's it's really good cringe watching. It's like it's a little. It's I mean, not, it's pretty embarrassing. Oh, it's, it's very embarrassing. embarrassing.
1: And I found it an interesting choice that they like of all West. I know that this was a moment. Like I get it. Was it was a
0: huge song. It was a whole. It thing. was
1: huge. It was everywhere. It had so many famous women in it. I get it. But also, it was specifically all of like. The best singers right. of like Western R and B, like at the time, and like Baby Vox is not the best singers yeah. of K pop at all. <laughs> and so, like to give them a song that is iconic because of its vocal power, and then to watch this stage where they just they just don't have <laughs> the vocal power to pull it off, like at all. And it's just like who, who, why, what. Do, wh- why?
0: The other part of that was very baffling to me is that like, instead of, I don't know, having easy write a rap in Korean that she could deliver very powerfully, they give her the little Kim verse and she literally doesn't know the words. And nope. at some points it's just going, nah, 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 nah. like not yeah. even saying words,
1: not saying the words. <laughs> and what really tickled me was at the very end when they like every single, you know, like Maya has her little, Ooh! whatever and they they they, re- they do it they do all of the little individual riffs and then easy goes misdemeanor here i'm like no she's not No, she's not missy is not here right no. now that part is actually part of the song yeah but
0: it was wild and i found it and i had to include it because, it's very wow. funny
1: it's very funny Uh, But so the very next month in September of 2002, after they had spent the earlier in the year promoting in Japan, Taiwan, Thailand and Vietnam, they signed with GMM Grammy, which is a Thai record company, and that made them the first Korean artist to do so. At the end of the year, they won several awards. They won a Chinese Radio Broadcasting Association for Best Hollywood Artist Award. They won the Golden Disc Popularity Award for their song Coincidence. They won a KMTV Achievement Award, an SBS Gaio Bonsang, and two awards at the Soul Music Awards the Hollywood Award and their Popularity Award. Well, there you go. I mean, they seem popular to me. Yeah. And then I saw that in February, uh, February 9th, 2003, they performed at a Lunar New Year Festival here in LA.
0: Cool. Yeah. Um,
1: so then March 12th, 2003, they make their Japanese debut uh, with the song Go, which was from their previous compilation album. So this is just a Japanese version of this song. I can only assume that a music video exists for it and was released for the Japanese debut, but I couldn't find it. So that's an exception. I searched
0: in all three languages, English, yeah. Japanese and Korean. I searched and I only found like, a uh, you know, album audio only. Yeah, all yeah, yeah. I could find, mm-hmm. uh, but then in April of 2003, they're back in Korea with their sixth full album and it is called devotion. And the single is, What Should I Do? So the music video for this one is like an on-location outdoor. I'm going to assume they were in Thailand just yeah. based on the scenery. Uh, but they're wearing like drapey midriff, like tropical, you know, like sarong kind of mm-hmm. outfits and driving like an old 80s car through the jungle or like looking sad in a hotel room or a boat. Yeah. There's an outdoor tub full of flower petals this time. Um, and Unjin has like cornrow braids that look greasy AF. Ooh. Like they just look wet. Gross. In a kind of nasty way. But um, yeah.
1: But the song is really wild, like in the sense that the instrument of it doesn't match the vocals at all. Like it's a super heavy, urgent mm-ts, 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 mm-hmm. like throughout the entire thing. And then it's just like the softest, saddest <laughs> vocals over it. And it's a real clash.
0: Yeah. They're singing like, my tears will never stop flowing. I love you too much. Like, <laughs> but yeah, it's got that like club, er, beat. club, club remix Euro dance.
1: Mm-hmm. Like just Mm-cha, added over a sad song. Uh, I read that during this time, um, the members without Unhe uh, participated in a semi nude photo shoot, and people in the media got like, really really fucking mad about it and they were like railing against baby Vox, like being so obscene because no other group had done this at the time um, but then when the photos actually came out they were way tamer than anybody had it was semi nude and like yeah they were just using the they semi nude to like make
0: people all worried
1: yeah and so the media like immediately like back everyone was kind of like oh alright this is fine because it like was so much tamer than everybody had thought it was going to be um, but but everybody loves to hate baby vox, so sure, sure. they were ready for it. Um, This lead single peaked at number one in South Korea and number four in Thailand. Um, The album supposedly sold over 600,000 copies across all of Asia, including China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Thailand. Um, But I saw conflicting sources for the domestic sales. Like one source said it only sold 84,000 domestically, but then another one said that it sold over 200,000. And I was like, those are wildly different (laughs) numbers. They really are. Um, But pretty much everybody agreed that this was one of their more popular international albums and that that's what really boosted the total sales
0: makes sense to me um i also read that this whole album was co- like a collaboration with kim chan-wan who had written the original cola version of mm, coincidence interesting. so because that song was so popular it was like they asked him like do you want to be like the artistic lead of our next album or whatever so fun that happened and then i also found this absolutely wild stage oh, I accident um i'll just pl- i don't know if it sounds good in the audio but i'll describe it as i'm <laughs> playing it okay so we've got like a clear a like sh- scrim and it's the shadow of baby vox here we go And then the stage turns around, like, way too fast. And they all, oh, shit. And they all fall down. They fall,
1: and the scrim that they were standing behind falls, too. Because it was clearly just, like, a little projection screen, like, set up on a little, like, you know, like, wheel it into the classroom Uh kind of thing. But the... Whatever they're standing the on, turntable. That tur- the turntable they're on is very small. And so they're like smooshed onto it with this thing. And it just like whips around. <laughs> and literally all of them fall to the floor. Like one of them starts to tumble and she takes them down. She takes them down. all down. Um, and then the like last one to fall knocks the scrim over too. So it's just like they, they get up and they start singing on cue. Like did not miss a beat of it, but. <laughs> yes. And they talked it like way
0: later, like not many years ago, someone brought this up on like a variety show and they like laughed about it and said it was funny like nobody got really hurt like it yeah. wasn't a big deal it's just kind of a wild thing to see like they all were just like it just surprised us and knocked us off of our feet because yeah. it whipped around way too fast um, okay the second single from Devotion was released in June and it is called Wish wish <laughs> Uh, So this music video is boxy as well. And there's like a set with like a light bulb wall, you know, like one of those very like flashy showy light bulb walls and then like a hot pink set. Um, Easy's outfit in the black part is so So small. small.
1: It's so small. (laughs) Her shorts are so short and her top is so little. Like when I first when she's like one of the first ones that you like see. And I was like, oh, wow, like tiniest outfits for sure. Um, But the rest of the girls are pretty covered up.
0: Uh, There's also some, like, 2003 cell phones and laptops in the music video as well that dated pretty hard, which was kind of funny.
1: Yeah. Um, Um, But it's really funky. Like, it has really heavy bass and, like, fun horns and kind of has a little, like, I don't know, like... like yeah, yeah, funkiness yeah. to it um, and it seemed like a lot of the stages were disco themed yes because so of the
0: huge bell bottoms the huge
1: bell bottoms one of the girls at one point also had her hair like permed into a little afro as well and like the lighting and they, they would do like you know how like discos would have like the light up colored floors yeah, yeah, yeah. so they would do that for the stages too Um, so they seemed to be like sort of leaning into the like Bee Gees vibe of this song um, which was fun but this
0: is the song where the belly button rings cause a stink because mm. their stomachs are out and their belly buttons are pierced and how dare they
1: gasp uh, on June 28th 2003 just a few days later on my 13th birthday um, they performed at the Peace Festival in Washington DC
0: cool um, and I couldn't find an exact date for this but at some point in 2003 they released a third single off of this album and it is called I'm Still Loving You,
3: I'm still
0: loving you. Um, so this song is in Chinese this was their first like official Chinese single and it has a music video um, where they're all like in different lonely shots around mm-hmm. the city. Like Meon's in like a stadium where no one else is in the seat. So yeah. like... They just look lonely and they're staring off into the distance because they're still loving you. Yeah, and singing (laughs)
1: this pretty, pretty ballad. Um, But the music video was filmed in Hong Kong. And as you noted, the song itself is recorded in Chinese. They promoted it in China as a single and it peaked at number one on the Chinese national radio charts, which made them the first foreign artists to ever chart that high in China. Amazing. Um, And during their international promotions for this song, they also performed live in Mongolia, which made them the first girl group to do so as well.
0: There was something I saw about Mongolia, but like I couldn't, the translation was stumping me, but Mm. I think at some point the Mongolian government like gave Baby Vox ceremonial land or something Ooh. like they got like a gift of like Mongolian land or something and then when easy was asked about it in the future she was like oh it's like it's not like real like we don't own land in yeah, mongolia it's just it was like just ceremonial kind of like a thing, yeah, yeah yeah like an honorary mm-hmm. degree or, yeah, something. or something yeah yeah
1: yeah or like Sehun being a lord in yes, Scotland or exactly. something. Yeah. <laughs> um, just another international performance note, um, because like I said, I tried to find a lot of information about their concerts and sort of failed. Um, but on October 6th of 2003, Baby Vox and other first gen groups like Xinhua performed at a televised concert in Pyongyang, North Korea, um, and always significant, I think, when K-pop idols go to North Korea.
0: Yeah, I read that between dress rehearsal and the real performance, they had to change their outfits because the North. Korean officials were not happy about mm. the way that baby Vox sure. dressed.
1: <laughs> they were. I mean, this was their like small outfit era, yeah. so that's fair. No belly button rings in North Korea. Um,
0: I re- another really crazy story that I found on October tenth, two thousand three. Someone tried to kidnap He Jin. This is- She was coming home from practice and four men jumped out of a car and tried to like wrestle her into it. And she had to like fight them off and run away. And the agency didn't request police investigation because, quote, the damage wasn't that bad and we don't want to escalate any incidents.
1: That is the most ludicrous thing I've ever fucking heard. I like, know. It is so wild to me that they, like, someone straight up tried to kidnap her at all. Like, that's bananas. But that the agency wouldn't do anything. Like, we're not pressing charges. We're not investigating. We're not going to take extra precautions to make sure that those monsters don't, don't try this again. Like, they failed. Why would they not try this again? Yeah. Like, I, this is bana- I don't get this. So bananas. I don't understand that at all. But the year ended uh, with a few awards for them as well. They won three Bonsangs, which we've talked about, I think, like, sporadically throughout our episodes that, like, the Bonsang is usually, like, the grand prize of the award show. So they won a KMTV Bonsang, an SBS Gayo Bonsang, and a Soul Music Award Bonsang. So
0: March... 18th 2004 they release the album Ride West and this album was a very big deal because it was a collaboration with the U.S. label Bungalow Music that like represented like J-Lo and a bunch Mm -hmm. of other people and it featured English versions and remixes of the first two singles and the Korean Wiki said that they were the first k-pop group to ever do an English version but it was unsourced and that feels like Someone's got to have done at least like didn't Bo- had Boa hadn't put out an English song before then. Like I'm skeptical, mm, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. The album was supposed to debut in the U S and everything. It was supposed to like be their big crossover mm. moment.
1: Yeah. Cause they're now coming off of, they have achieved success in China and Thailand and Japan. So they're like, let's try the West now. So they released a song called ecstasy
0: that is just capital X to see uh so the music video for this has a fast and furious concept Mm -hmm. yeah uh like you know bad boys cars or whatever um and the styling itself is like extra western like hoop earrings and like little fedora hats and like crop jackets yeah, and yeah, Ugg yeah. boots and like I don't know they just look like US teens or yeah. whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they this I don't know, it's very strange, I think, because the song itself is like very boring. Like it's it's it sound like the beep, beep beep, beep, bam like of it is very of the time. But the melody doesn't go anywhere, and it almost seems to lack a melody yeah, in some parts. They, like, you know you, want you, you me, know me, baby, you want me, baby. And like, they might as well not even be singing it. Like, there's no actual like note to right, it. Right, right. It's so bizarre, um, and so it's weird. Like knowing that this album was a collaboration with Bungalow Music, like this is not exactly the kind of music that they had been making at the time. So, like, why? I don't know. I, I just like I, I find it hard to believe, I guess, that someone would have heard this song and been like, yeah, this, this is the one be a hit. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. this is this is not. The music not video
0: it. also cost four billion won to make because they had to fly in all of those cars from they had to airlift cars from Hong Kong wow. because like nobody had Fast and Furious cars for them to like film around. Wow. That's So wild. it cost a ton of money. Um,
1: um but the the song actually like Features. Yes, this is where it all yeah falls apart. We have a lot to say about what the features are. But just before we talk about whatever, everything we got to know, it starts with a rapper named Floss P. Like he does like the I think he has the first verse mm-hmm. of the song and then he like comes back, I think, at some point later in the Maybe song. Maybe at the end. But the middle of the song samples a whole Tupac rap. Um, It's a freestyle verse that he recorded while he was in prison. And in the music video, they superimpose the video of Tupac doing this rap onto one of the cars. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like, Baby Vox did not deserve the shit that they got for this Tupac inclusion, but I totally get why people were really mad about it. Like, when I first was reading about it, I was like, "Okay, like they sampled him," and then I saw the music video, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's fucked up. Like, it's it's not cool." Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. it's using dead people's stuff is always like already a strange thing. But then also, yeah, it, it, and it,
1: it is, and then to like t- like Tupac is a very like. He has, you know, a lot of meaning into his lyrics, and is like very meaningful to a lot of people. And then to like put him in something that is so like commercialized, like it's something that is arguably antithetical to the right. kind of artist it's that like he was. Meaningless, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but we're we'll, we're gonna get into the details of the Tupac debacle. Let's talk about Floss P first.
0: Okay, so uh, Floss P was at like every single music show mm-hmm. stage. He like stayed with them for I think I saw like. Four, four weeks sounds more right than four months, but he was like in Korea with them at every single performance. He got a different outfit, like, he was part, part of, of it, it. Yeah, which I thought was interesting because sometimes when you get like a weird foreign feature, it's just like for the gimmick, mm-hmm. but like yeah. he was in it, he was he really came there with them, he promoted with them. Um, and yeah, the, the stages were also just like the really tiny. Shorts and Mm -hmm. the like butt shaking and the huge hoop earrings and like, I don't know. They looked like a, like a, a kind of baby fox that they weren't. That they had
1: never been before. Yeah, for sure. It like definitely felt... Like a very different group. Um, it was not, I think, a concept that meshed well with some of the things that they had already been doing. And like the, I think, extreme difference of them going to these like shorty shorts and like best Just tops hoochie and mama, stuff. yeah, outfits. and like, like I don't know how else to describe yeah, that. Like <laughs> w- this wasn't, this was not the vibe. Um, but. Let's talk about Tupac. Let's talk about it. Okay, so Amaru Records, uh, this is a label that was or is in charge of a dedicated Tupac website called Tupaclegacy.com. After this song came out, they posted an official statement on this website condemning the use of Tupac in the latest baby box. And they claimed that it was, quote, an unlicensed and unauthorized exploitation of his music, trademarks, and personality rights. Um, But DR Music claimed that they sampled Tupac legally. At the suggestion of the US hip hop label Bungalow Music. Um, so they claimed that they did not just steal this, that they had gotten the rights, and that it was upon the suggestion of their US label mate. Um, but people were not appeased. And specifically, Lee Hanul of DJ Doc, this is a Korean rap group that was very popular, very well respected. He was super fucking mad. Like, viciously um, so mad mad he said quote they use tupac commercially they need to get beaten up referring to the women of baby box he started calling them uh MiariVox, vox which is a region that at the one time had uh the largest brothel in the country so he is like essentially calling them red light ladies calling them prostitutes. Um, And ultimately, like, his comments were so vicious um, that DR Music came back at him and ultimately sued him for libel, and they ended up in court. Lee Hanol had to apologize, and Baby Vox got compensated for the vitriol that he spewed, um, but the damage was
0: done. Yeah, like, and he never let it go. Like, no, he never let it go. I, I saw quotes of, like, people being like, well, wasn't it really harsh that you called them prostitutes? And he was like, what else was I supposed to call them? Like, yeah. he was so fucking indignant about this. Mm-hmm. And I get being, I totally get being like, ah, that was in bad taste. But, like, the way that this made him mad was just, like, so unreasonable. Yeah.
1: It was really, really... Uncalled for, and like, and misogynistic and yeah, weird, and like misogynistic don't, and don't gross, and like, yeah, shit like, like this. come on, man, you know that they're not the decision makers in this, and so to so viciously throw them under the bus was really gross. Um, and he never showed any remorse for it, but he did significant damage to Baby Vox. Um, and I'm gonna talk about it a little bit later when we get to like the end. Um, but the in addition to this major controversy that like he started and continue to stoke um, the album, which is generally not a great success. It sold barely 30,000, co- barely over 30,000 copies in South Korea. So one of their lowest But by quite a lot. But in order to
0: try to pivot from this criticism and not make this album a total wash, they did release another song from the album, which was a remix of JLo's 2000 single play. So it's called Play Remix featuring JLo. Lo. <laughs> Um, exactly the same vibe as the last music video. Mm-hmm. I though this time it seems like they're at the airport and they have less cool cars, but like they're yeah. trying to keep that same like party. Everyone has beers and is like break dancing in front of the headlights. Yeah. And they're all dressed like Jlo in two thousand, like yeah,
1: like having a block <laughs> party or something, um, but again, in a weird way that I think the other song that ecstasy was, it's like they took the melody out of this song, yeah. like it the way that they so flatly sing like enemy this song then gonna turn me on or whatever like that actually has groove in the Jlo song sure. and like in this one it's like I don't know like someone with lethargy is is covering it like I don't understand I don't know how to explain the like lack of oomph yeah, that this yeah. song has um but it doesn't unlike the way that floss p and tupac were like featured in the last song j-lo doesn't have like a verse in this and they i just they kept just
0: the vo- the j-lo vocal yeah the backing like, track the of it or whatever thing. but
1: yeah so it quote unquote features her but she's not a part of this in any way
0: yeah Bungalow just said you can have that.
1: Yeah, I guess because they were her label. Funny as well. how they
0: like got left out. Like, I feel like if you're going to blame anyone for this, I feel like you go straight to Bungalow because oh, yeah. they're
1: the one who gave them
0: the rights to all uh-huh. this music, and we're like, this is fine.
1: Yeah, Bungalow is, is the one idea. that's bungling this up. <laughs> uh, but so the end of the year, uh, they only took home one award this year from the Soul Music Awards. They got the Hollywood Award um, for their international work. Uh, December twenty seventh,
0: Unjin is the first to officially leave the group, but I feel like she was already gone because there's only four people in those two like disgrace music. Yeah, videos. this must just be her
1: like official uh departure or whatever. But then the members just start dropping like one by one, pretty much. And then they were like officially disbanded in
0: two thousand six, but like their fans like still insist like they weren't disbanded. They just
1: all had to stop like. Yeah, I read something that was like the way that they discussed the disbandment, like even the Baby Vox members had used, you know, the same kind of idle terms that they always do, like, we'll always be Baby Vox or whatever. So like the fans were like, it's still open, like it's not an official disbandment, but it kind of was. Um, and I wa- I saw an interview from April of this year, 2022, with uh, the DR Music CEO Yoon Dong Young. Don't I can't ever yeah. say that syllable. Leo, I'm sorry. I don't like it. That guy, <laughs> um, and he was discussing the disbandment of Baby Vox, and he almost like fully blames DJ Doc for <laughs> fucking them up. Um, and he said, quote, Lee Hunnel told a very vulgar story. I really wanted to kill him. Babyvox is a group of five girls and they cried every day. They didn't want to be on TV. The children were hurt a lot. I went to see him in person, but he ran away every time. Lee Hanol's remarks eventually became the decisive reason for Baby Vox to disband. Um, and he said that it was all in the past now, but even today, like, he, he never got the chance to talk to him face to face about it and he like regrets he's like I have shit to say to you man um so he blames uh Lee Hanol for their disbandment um and like you had mentioned they had originally like hoped that Ride West would help launch their U.S. debut but the controversy tanked all his dreams
0: yeah I could totally I can totally see especially after like everything else that we discussed in this like baby box spending like eight years just being like viciously hated for Mm -hmm. everything that they did like to then have like a fellow artist be like yeah you do fucking suck like that probably I mean I wouldn't want to do anything after that either totally totally like they had been hate like the constant hatred would absolutely get to you and
1: I think it was also like especially disheartening because not only are they trying something new but also this time the hatred is coming from another peer in the industry like yeah he's hip-hop you your k-pop but he's still another like celebrity figure and it's one thing when like fans are giving you shit because you can just be like ah, eh, well they're fans they're like, kids they're, like yeah they don't they're know kids better. or they just like don't like me because they like this other group or because they think i'm dating or whatever the fuck like the fans i think have more you know you can take that less seriously in some ways but then when like a fellow industry professional like drags you through the mud and says like, you should be physically harmed. You should be for physically this, like, harmed. You you've done hookers. Like what like, the ugh. fuck? Like that's so, I can imagine why that would have been so much more devastating for them. Um, than any of the other shit that they had, yeah, yeah, that yeah. they had been through so far.
0: And also interestingly, I think one of the fan wikis like posited that, The early days of the hatred were like a really weird time because the internet was still so new Mm. that like the idols didn't actually see the vast majority of the shit that was being said about them. And the companies were also completely unaware of it because Mm. they didn't like see the value in yeah. or like recognize the internet as a thing. So like a lot of this hatred was like happening underground where nowadays, like if you tweet something shitty about an idol, you might get a cease and desist or like a threatening totally. letter about it. Cause China they're, will the shit they're out of real you, plugged in <laughs> to what people are saying online yeah. now. But mm-hmm. at the time it was still too new and they didn't realize how like bad things yeah. were on the internet. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That is really interesting. I also wonder if that has something to do with like, not only is the internet new but also K-pop was very new and like the power of the fandom I think is something that the companies didn't fully know or understand or recognize and so like now I think like idols and companies make a very concerted effort to be like in communication with the fans or at least have like boots on the ground and know what the fans like like or don't like or whatever. Sometimes that's to the detriment of groups and sometimes it's to the betterment. But yeah, like I think it was probably a really big, almost like untapped resource that they didn't even like, they didn't even think about listening to what was the fan rumblings were. They were just like, we're just putting out music and dealing with the business side of it and people will either like it or not. Um, And now, yeah, like you said, they're very, very tuned in. in. But yeah. Um, we did talk when we introduced the members about, like, where they are now, but let's just wrap it Recap. up. Remind ourselves. So they officially, dis- unofficially disbanded in 2006. Uh Arguably the most successful since the group, um, she left DR Music in 2005 and became an actress. Um, she was a regular guest on X-Man, where she was beloved for her athleticism and chemistry with Kim Jong Kook, which we've definitely talked about on this uh, podcast before. And she starred in a bunch of dramas, including um, Coffee Prince, which was huge. Heejin, she had 15 different drama appearances between 2010 and 2018, so she also pivoted to become an actress, Um, and her most recent TV credit is an episode of Knowing Brothers from 2019. Eunjin released a solo album called Zinies to mediocre success and has not released anything since. Kim Easy, she went to college, she worked as an MC for Mnet, and she married a stockbroker in 2010 and had a baby with him in 2011. Meon went solo in 2006, two studio albums, one in South Korea and one in China, so she was still popular in China. She also has two South Korean EPs, um, and her 2011 single, Paparazzi, stayed in the top seven on Inkigayo for three straight weeks, and the EP made it to the top 10 on Gaon, so that was her most popular. Um, and they've had a couple of reunions in the last few years. Um, in April of 2010, all of the ladies went to Easy's wedding and they sang Ya 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 at the wedding, which is cute. Um, and then in August of that same year, 2010, they performed a medley of their greatest hits on the TV show Chocolate, which was the first time that they'd gotten together in six years. Um, and then in November of 2018, three of the members appeared on a taxi talk show.
0: Yeah, remember that taxi talk show where the people would sit in the back of the taxi and the two like MCs sat in the front of the taxi and they'd just like, drive around? I don't, you don't remember, I remember this that. Show? That just
1: makes me think of Cash Cab.
0: It was totally a show from like twenty 2016, like 2018 or something. We t- I feel like we talked about it forever ago because there was an episode where So Gook was on and they made him call Eunji and oh, like yeah. embarrass the shit out of him. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, yes.
0: So I, th- I watched this episode yesterday unsubbed and tried to, you know, gather as much information as I could. And the clip that I saw, it was easy. Unjin and Meon in the back. And the host was like, man, everybody really hated y'all. Like, was it really hard? Like, being hated on like i remember there were rumors that easy was a really mean leader and she's like i was not a mean leader i was not mean and they were like you know who was mean the maknae was mean and they're like really <laughs> and so they call her they like facetime unhay and then she like basically says that she just gave them a hard time because they were all older than her like mm-hmm. she wasn't really a bull it's like a light-hearted she yeah, was yeah, the yeah. real bully of the group thing and like it was just a cute little it was a cute little thing and that was the most recent thing i could Mm -hmm. find of like them doing anything together
1: but they seem to still keep in touch which is really
0: sweet yeah um so that's that's the end of the story of baby box
1: baby vox for now Yeah, for now, who knows? Maybe we'll speak them into existence and they'll come back tomorrow. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, But yeah, this was fun. Um, I am happy to like know more about them now. And I think they definitely have some solid albums in there, even though I think I had gone into this like a little bit afraid that everything was going to be painful Mm -hmm. because the first couple stages are are really pretty bad. Um, but they do, they grow and they improve and they become pretty solid singers by the end of it. And the songs themselves like are pretty catchy for the most part, a couple of duds, but a few really, really good ones as well.
0: Uh, all right. We'll be right back to watch a whole baby Vox music video.
2: All
0: right, we're back. And because I believe we've gotten them in the random game a long, long time ago, and I'm pretty sure we watched Yeah, 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 That's What Feels Right to Me. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've also watched a couple of these music videos or talked about them in our yearly deep dives. We're just going to watch the Get Up music video just because. It was popular enough. Yeah. It's fine.
1: And it was from their third album, which is your favorite.
0: I do like it. Um, so, uh, if you would like to watch baby Vox, get up with us, try to find it online. Uh, there are no official versions because this is way pre YouTube, mm-hmm. but I will say right now, shout out to baby Vox archive, the YouTube channel. They had
1: so Because much. on,
0: for the 20th anniversary, they put up all the commercials, all the stage mixes. Like they like really five years ago, they like gave us all Aww. our baby Vox content. So shout out to them. They helped a lot in this episode. Nice. Um, but yeah, if you want to watch this, find it. We're watching one that's called Get Up MVHD from BB Vox Lover. <laughs> uh, so press play when I say go. Three, two, one, go.
1: So yeah, here they are in this. Oh, it's not a counter. It is It is just tables and chairs, but like a booth or something. Like a white restaurant. Oh, or, and, a, and a graffiti tunnel. Graffiti tunnel. tunnel.
0: And they have Tim's and, like, black jeans with chonky, or not, big black, like, baggy pants. Yeah, big black baggy
1: pants and black crop tops with their chonky Tim's. A lot of this. Okay, well, her pigtails are bananas. This is the one where I was like, oh, I used to do that to my hair. Um, But this one that has the, like, three little, hold on, I'll point her out again. (laughs) She has like a bird's nest in her hand. Yes, and the
0: long front bangs. Like, it's oh, all so yeah.
1: good. I think it, Yes, this one. She's got three pigtails. Like, not just the two, but she's got one right in the middle and then two on the sides. And that's, that's a look.
0: Uh, uh uh. There's so many uns and gins, and like <laughs> that is unjin, the one that has mm, the, the three. three. When I was watching it yesterday, I was doing the thing I do when I learn a group where I had all of their names on a post-it nice. on my screen so that when I'd be, so that I could quickly, you know, try to put names to faces, yeah. but they all have like really similar, like their names are all the same, just rearranged. Yeah. Similar like Similar syllables. Similar,
1: yeah. And I think it's funny that they all get the bicep tattoo like everybody gets the armband
0: yeah there was a lot of stages too where there was like i wonder if it was some kind of logo of theirs or if they just you know ordered a thousand of them at the same time but it was like a big like x tattoo like almost like the triple x logo and like different members would have Mm. it on different stages like they gave them weird arm tattoos like a lot weird it's because
1: I feel Sporty like it only. Spice I was yeah, it is, and I was gonna <laughs> say I feel like Easy's the only one who pulls it off. Yeah, but hers also goes all the way around. The other girls, they just have like the one. Like Kim, yeah. Easy clearly did like I'm gonna use three of these and make sure make it goes it sure all it goes the way all around. Way around.
0: But some of the record store shots, I feel like I remember clowning on them in the first gen episode of being like, sometimes they look like they don't know what to do.
1: Yes, they're just like like, so uncomfortable in this like, (laughs) yeah, 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 like that, (laughs) like just like waving around.
0: See, I think that's JYP. I think <laughs> all of the
1: <laughs>
0: He's only credited as the lyricist, but I would not be surprised if it is I him. Because be he surprised loves to either. put himself yeah, yeah, in yeah. songs that he wrote. And he
1: thinks he's a very good singer. So <laughs> All right, that was Baby Box. That was Baby Box. We I did have
0: it. just a couple of recommendations to leave Great. you with. I love it. Uh, I would like to recommend the fan song To Angel from the Boyish album. It is just like a beautiful R&B ballad. It has a really nice melody. Really liked it. I similarly really enjoyed the song Lux from the Y album mm. for similar reasons. It just like right when it came on, I was like, oh, yes, this is a good song. Because some of the like a lot of the times with these first gen songs, it's like a moment of it is good.
1: Yeah. yeah or yeah. like
0: or the song weirdly grows on you because it's, like, stuck in your head. But when a song immediately was like, oh, this is a good song, I wrote it down. So those are my two Baby Vox recommendations. And also, there's a Brave Girls cover of Get Up from 2017 where they do it exactly like Baby Vox and are trying – they, like, put their hair crazy ways and, like, you know, do, do a, a like, a stage. tribute stage. But also, Weeki Meekie did a version, like – in 2018 or 2019 and there's is Fully remixed. It is a different song. They did different choreo. Like they reimagined, but Get it's Up. really fun. It's really fun. And I also, my girl Chunga, did my
1: favorite Baby box song, <laughs>
0: "Killer" on Immortal songs, and yeah. so I love that. I think
1: taste. she does. She does "Killer" and, and something else. I think into
0: Get Up. I think Get Up is like the one that always It might have been. It might have been. Song.
1: Um, but yeah, her Immortal songs performance is a is a medley. Like, it, it, but it starts with "Killer." for sure. So I appreciate it. I that. also found a twice cover Ooh. of Ya 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 which is oh now I have to look up what year it was from because they look like, like babies. And I was like, oh my God, I couldn't believe it, baby. Oh, they're so small. It's from 2015. And they look Aww, so, that would small. Be so small. um Yeah, they look, they, Zhong has like her short little bowl cut. Yeah. Um, and they're just, they look precious. And they're wearing, um, that's not one of my favorite Baby Vox songs, but it's like a very popular one because it's so bubble gummy. It like fit with twice as vibe yeah, yeah, for the yeah. time. And they wear, Baby Vox. We didn't talk about this in the timeline, but there were like a couple stages where Baby Vox wore what I can only describe as like Valentine's Day Santa costumes. Oh, because yeah, because they had those. like pink outfits and like matching like tops and like sets. But the pink outfits had like fur lining. Fur, yeah, like white fur, like all over the the cuffs mm-hmm. and the necks Mm -hmm. and the details or whatever and that's what twice wears okay great they wear the white fuzzy um the pink and white fuzzies um and they look adorable i think it's it's a christmas stage like there's like christmas trees in the background or whatever but yeah, so some newer gen girl groups paying some tribute to Baby Vox. Their legacy continues. Even if it's not quite as well known as SES's or Finkel's, they still made quite an impact.
0: They so. definitely like did. And um, like I saw that when Sistar first debuted, people were like, Baby Vox is reborn. Mm. Like because they were the only ones. Like doing this kind of like sexy concept in the first gen, and like people saw like a through line to sister somehow, Um, and yeah, that they were the first. It's just so interesting that they don't get like remembered as fondly, Mm but like they were first.
1: Yeah, and and it's it is interesting too. I wonder how much of that has to do with. A, the hatred that they got their right. whole career, and B, the size of their company. Yeah. Like, because, you know, SES is from SM, and I don't remember where Finkel's from, Um, but, like, I wonder if But Hyori was factors. in Finkel, yeah, and yeah, yeah. so
0: she then became more famous than the whole group. Yeah, which, yeah, like, yeah. will keep you enduring. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Interesting. But it was really fun to look into all of this. Like, a lot of these songs are really, really fun. And I just love like looking at and watching first gen stuff because it's like quaint and cheesy and terrible, but also really fascinating. And it makes me nostalgic. And Mm -hmm. I just like it. So it was fun to learn about Baby Vox. Happy 25 years to them.
1: Happy 25 years, ladies. I hope you got together and had a drink together.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is it for this week if you would like to get in contact with us we can be found at AMAKpoppod on Twitter and Instagram Pod at gmail.com for emails 181 AMAKpop5 for texts or voicemails PO Box 26096 Los Angeles California 90026 for regular old snail mail Linktree slash AMAKpop will take you to YouTube, Spotify, Discord all of those places you can also join our Patreon patreon.com slash AMAKpoppod little bit of money you get a lot of bonus episodes um and that's all the places and so. we'll be back next week with something fun see you then goodbye bye-bye Jung you're our inspiration